On today's show, welcome back, Darius Garland. We'll talk about him and much more on this Locked On Cavs recap episode. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. First-time users can receive up to a 100, 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, and the promo code is locked on. Use that today. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. All right, the music you heard on the way in is from our friends at Astro Radio. Check them out on Apple Music or Spotify. I'm Chris Manning. I cover the Cavs and the NBA at large for places like Diamond Up Rocks and Espionation Through the Sword. Today's show is going to be all... And that man is Evan Damerill. He's at Right Down Nuclid and Espionation Through the Sword as well. It is late. We are recording this after the Cavs have gone to overtime for the second time against the Boston Celtics. They win again and prove to 2-0 against a team that made the NBA Finals last season. Today's show, Segment 1, our big takeaway, all really about the return of Darius Garland. Segment 2, our Game Awards. Segment 3, uh, we'll clean out our notebooks from this game. Evan has a cat on his lap right now. Yeah. So that's yeah. how we're doing. He jumped, he jumped on my lap while we were, the intro video was playing. And apologize to editor... Uh, Master Jake, he headbutted the mic as well during the break, so I'm gonna put him down. Uh, Chris, this was a fun Cavs game, though. Uh, all things considered, I I don't know, like I I know as a basketball fan, it would be fun to watch this Cavaliers team go seven games with Boston in the playoffs, but for the what physical well-being of certain Cavs fans, especially Justin Rowan, um, I I don't think their hearts can take a seven-game series against the Celtics like this because this game this game had a little bit of everything. Yeah, at the end I, of the day, I personally would like the series. I think it would be a lot of fun. Like they're they're contrasting styles, and like you know Boston doesn't even have Time Lord right now, so like there's a lot to mm-hmm. be there. But Evan, the big story here is that Darius Garland is back. He returns from his absence. And it, it felt like, honestly, he he picked up where he left off last season. Uh, 42 minutes for him, including the in, in overtime. 9 of 20 from the field. 5 of 11 from 3. 6 of 7 from the line. 12 assists against just one turnover. 29 points for DG. Evan, he was sensational. I, I thought just shot-making early, really aggressive early. Looked just like himself and... He was about as good as you could have expected as a guy, better than you could have expected, honestly, for a guy that has missed time and is and had this weird little eye injury. Yeah, he was out for about two weeks. He did share with the media post game. His initial fear was that he was going to need surgery and be out for several months. So, you know, all things considered, it's good. It's also good this, that he uh, uh, tried to squash things for Cavs fans, at least, who held a personal vendetta against the Raptors and their fans, saying that there's really no beef between him and Gary Trent. They they made up after the fact. I think having a mutual agent certainly helps that, but at least on the floor, um, yeah, Garland looked like his old self out there. I think, you know, 9 to 20 ideally isn't what he's hoping for at the end of the day. I think also it's just the offense is going to go through him and Donovan Mitchell in any given moment. 
And this is just kind of kind of be the expectation going forward as well for the Cavs, just as they kind of figure out this offensive balance and just uh, this offense by committee that they try to enact at least. Um, but yeah, he, he looked good for the most part. You heard from him and Donovan Mitchell post game that Mitchell really was in his ear trying to encourage Garland to shoot, it, just shoot it a lot and just get comfortable back out there on the floor. And it really paid off. Garland scored 14 of his 25 points, or sorry, 29 points rather, in the first quarter alone, which is a career best for him, which is kind of weird to think about just considering how good he is as an offensive player. But yeah, this is a really good game for Darius Garland. I think there's still going to be some growing pains no matter what. I just That's just safe to assume. Like We'll see how they look against Detroit and both Los Angeles teams as well, but it's going to be a process and until Garland gets past this minute's restriction and he did play 42 ish yeah i mean like I don't, I don't i don't i don't know if there's a minutes restriction when you play 42 minutes and only two donovan mitchell played 43 like basically played 44 so like they're like neck and, and neck in their minutes i don't yeah. i don't really believe there's a minutes restriction on Darius garland fully fair mm-hmm. but that's at least what jb bickerstaff said pregame and maybe this maybe just the fact that garland was so hot and so on it, it necessitated them just playing him so much in this game against boston because it had the makings of a playoff atmosphere type game. Um, this is, uh, it had a similar result to the last time they played a few days ago on last Friday when it went into overtime and everything. But Darius Garland definitely felt like the deciding factor, and he definitely felt like the guy who kind of kept got this offense unstuck when Boston's defense kind of muddied things up. And we'll talk about this much later in the show, at least made Jared Allen feel uncomfortable and fold, made, forced the Cavs at least to play some small ball instead of tall ball at times. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into the shape of this game, I think, in some ways and awards, but just to, to hit on Garland a little bit further. I mean, I just found, like, the shot-making was really good. I think maybe the most impressive thing was just that he, you could tell he was helping unlock Jared Allen, getting some dunks, getting some looks at the rim, just some of the interior stuff he really, really unlocked for this offense, I think, in a positive way. It was, it was just interesting to see him and Mitchell kind of work off of each other in some ways. Like this was Garland's game, I think, for in the majority. Like when I look back at this game and and who kind of won it for the Cavs in some ways, I think like I will look back and think Donovan. I will think Darius Garland. Excuse me, but like Mitchell had a seven straight in the fourth at one point to kind of provide some juice to the offense, and they they played really well off of one another. Um, you know, Mitchell takes twenty seven shots versus Garland's twenty. Garland kind of has, you know, has doubled the assist. Mitchell's kind of need to playmake in some ways. It's lessened, obviously, with with Garland back. I think it worked really, really well. They navigated all of this really, really well. And and look, the, the Cavs are on top of this. They're six and one. Mm-hmm. They're two and zero oh against the Boston Celtics, who made the NBA Finals last season, and they've they beaten them in different in a row. They've and they've beaten Boston in different ways. The first game was Donovan Mitchell has 41, Karis LeVert has 41. This is, you know, you overcome a really bad second quarter, which we'll talk about, have a much better third, navigate some diciness in the in the beginning of the fourth, you know, have to go into overtime to win it, but came up big in overtime, really didn't even have, like, really kind of won on the margins here. Like, this wasn't a, pr- like, this was a very competitive game. This wasn't, like, a mm-hmm. massive, uh, neither team was particularly great offensively. This is a defense first game. Um, like both, you know, the Celtics lead by 12 at one point, the Cavs led by 11 at one point. This had big swings back and forth. It, it was highly competitive in the Cavs. And for the second time in a row, they're, they're two and oh against a team that made the finals last season. That in yeah. itself is impressive and noteworthy. It, it definitely is. And I think Donovan Mitchell made a succinct point post game where the Cavs are trying to get where the Celtics were at this year and also especially where they're at last year. And it's, it may not happen right away. Like and everything may not 
hit for the Cavaliers, and they're not going to make the NBA Finals like Boston did last season, but this is a good confidence booster. I think this is a good momentum builder. I asked J.B. Bickerstaff about this post game, and you kind of watch this young Cavs squad kind of grow up in real time, too, because last year, maybe you don't see this Cavs team uh, kind of go blow for blow with the Celtics and kind of grind things out until the very end, and, you know, eke by at the very end in overtime as well, or more so this Cavs team probably would have folded last year, or just something would have gone wrong or again like with Darius Garland out for almost two weeks they probably wouldn't be in the position they're in right now either so it's just definitely interesting to think about like you said it's very stylistically a different game it's not the Karis LeVert Donovan Mitchell show it's the Donovan Mitchell Darius Garland show and then the other starters playing well alongside them I think there are some rinks and some just certain bumps and bruises they still got to figure out we'll obviously see how they're doing physically after the fact with Garland kind of tweaking his knee and Mitchell tweaking his ankle um, it's more so you have to see how they're feeling the morning after at that point but for now yeah this is a good win for the Cavs I think just another positive momentum builder and it's it's hard to believe we're, this is only the seventh game of the season and it, it definitely the atmosphere and the electricity in the arena and just the way that these teams are going for blow for blow with one another it, it had the feeling of a playoff like game and I think this is just it, it's fun it was fun to be there to experience it in person yes uh Garland again, 29 points. Mitchell has 20, uh, 25. All five starters in double figures. You know, heavy minutes for, for basically even Evan, you know, Evan Mobley getting the foul job ends up still playing 32 minutes, which which is impressive. And look, I, I just want to say this again. This was a highly competitive basketball game. I thought Jason Tatum was for, for was like downright sensational for stretches of this game. I like guess this dunk on Jared Allen at the end of the game that was was really really impressive. This was this is him. yeah, this is this was so competitive. This was such a, a welcome back for Darius Garland. The Cavs are again, but again most I think most notably proving themselves to be very good in Garland. Uh breaking news also pretty freaking good at basketball. Okay, we're going to come back after this give out our game awards. I'm um, I'm sure we're going to talk about that Darius Garland fella uh again in that's in that context. But Evan going to first tell everyone about our friends at Prize Picks. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. To play, pick two to five players, and if they go score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, that's all you got to do is pick that. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. They offer projections on any sport you watch, NBA, NFL, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals. It is currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So go download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up today and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. With the promo code locked on, if you deposit one hundred dollars, Price Picks will give you one hundred. If you deposit fifty, Price Picks will give you fifty. So don't forget to enter the promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Check them out today. All right, back here on the Lockdown Cast Podcast, Chris Manning, Evan Damerel. All right. Evan, we're, I'm looking at our notes. We are unanimous on the MVP. It is Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I said this in the first segment. I, I will say it again. I think as good as Mitchell was for stretch of this game, we're going to talk about um, a defensive play he made in this game and his motor and, and some of that stuff. This night is just about Darius Garland and what he provides, what he does, and, and how good he was in this basketball game. 
Yeah, and I appreciate, you know, some of the wit when it comes to the fact that, like, he could had a hard time seeing uh, J.P. Bickerstaff said a lot of it was muscle memory for him, just with the shot mechanics and just finding his spots. And I think also good on Donovan Mitchell just to kind of make a concerted effort to get Garland rolling early so that he felt more comfortable out there because I think his teammates are definitely trying to feed off him and make him feel a little less rusty just, you know, because he had two weeks off and had limited, like, you know, contact and exposure up until the last few days as well. So... It's it, Darius Garland was sensational tonight. It's it was a shot in the arm the Cavs definitely needed. I think just having like constant offensive pressure either from him or Donovan Mitchell was a difference maker. Like Mitchell, without a doubt, could have made a case for him. You, we both could have made a case for him as MVP as well. But this was Darius Garland's show. Um, you could definitely tell like the Cavs were happy to have him back. You could feel that just the energy was different with his team, even if the energy energy on the floor was already pretty phenomenal for the Cavs to begin with. So. Mm-hmm. This 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 is a good game for the Cavs, and again, I appreciate his wit, where he's just like I I could barely see out of my bad eye and only out of my good eye. But he's like I saw the first shot go in, so things were kind of good after that. So I don't know. It, it's just it's the 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 puns on him just kind of having one eye certainly made me chuckle. But you could not really tell he was dealing with an injury at times because he just looked like him his same old self out there. And I'm I'm interested to see kind of what he looks like as he grows more comfortable and more acclimated within just this offensive structure the Cavs are building. Yes. What did you? I, I, let's head on this for a second. What did you make of him um, noting after the game that like again like he just said this and then we kind of moved on and I understand that, but it was interesting for him just to note that it was like I thought I was going to miss months and have surgery and like it seemed like. As, as much as he kind of let you in and thought a ton, mm-hmm. it seems like this was like a kind of a freaky thing for him to go through. Well, he did say that it was the scariest part was the fact that just blood was pouring out of his eye. And, you know, that's probably a natural reaction for anyone because you don't really bleed out of your eyes most of the time. I mean, we joke about it, but either way, like, I, yeah, that's the thing. And, he did the he did the the athlete thing where he thanked the god above for keeping him on the court and healthy and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, like it could have been a different reality where there there is a case where like Garland did require eye surgery, like there was structural damage or there was something where like Gary Trent Jr. scratched the cornea of his eye and like he had to have surgery in that aspect and he'd be out even longer. So. In the grand scheme of things, I know that there was some Twitter doctor who said, like, oh, it'll only be a few days, ended up being two weeks. Like, it's just eyes are tricky because they're incredibly fickle. They're really they're really one of the hardest organs in your body to have heal just because there's constant movement with you blinking all the time and trying to open your eye and shut it. If it isn't shut if it's not shut properly, there's usually infection. And we can go down the medical path all we want. But either way, I think him kind of showing that he was a little scared that this could have been altering for his season, also the Cavs season, uh, was was a little some good insight. And then the fact that he shared with me that like he just straight up couldn't see out of the like him dribbling from his right hand during practice, like puts into perspective a little bit maybe how bad it is. So folks, if you're not not if you're driving, of course, but just cover up your right eye completely and then try and look to your right. And it's it's pretty jarring to put in perspective, like having fifty percent of your scope of vision at least eliminated for a little bit. Yes. All right. Let's move on to our stat of the night. Evan, give me yours. Uh, it's a simple one. All five starters were in double digits in terms of scoring tonight. Um, they took Jared Allen a little bit to get up there. It took Evan Mobley till the third quarter ish to get up there. Karis Levert missed a lot of catch and shoot threes, but still was able to contribute. And obviously, like I talked about in the first segment, this, the offense is going to primarily run through Mitchell and Garland. So it's not surprising to see them get theirs, but 
the bench was virtually non-existent for the Cavs tonight. Isaac Okoro didn't give you anything. Jetty, I mean, let's put it in perspective here. Robin Lopez outscored Isaac Okoro and Jetty Osmond tonight, and Robin Lopez had two points. So the Cavs were not getting much bench production tonight. Like, they got a little bit from Dean Wade. They didn't get much from Kevin Love. So, like, all five starters just having to be so dominant offensively and also carrying the team defensively helps. So seeing all five of them just kind of be balanced a little bit offensively, is a, it's, it's a nice thing to see. Yeah, the mine is that they took 14 fruit throws, making 10 in the in the third quarter. So here here's why this I think this matters. They were horrendous in the second quarter, like absolutely down they bad on offense. Five of 21, I believe, from the floor. Six of 24. Quarter. OK, that's even worse. Six of 24, three of 11 from three. Took zero free throws in that quarter. Boston was six of seven from the free throw line, 10 of 22 from the field, three of 14 from three. The Cavs in the third quarter come out and just were more aggressive, were much better at not settling for jump shots. Boston in this game switched a ton, basically switched everything. The Cavs at times in this game were, were unwilling or unable, or however you want to phrase it or look at it, unable to get into the paint, unable to get inside. And at the times they did, they were much more effective on offense. That's kind of one of the main reasons they win this game. But they often just kind of stop. They, they get the switch, and then they just settle for a pull-up jumper or whatever kind of look that is. Go into the third quarter, they get 14 free throws. Levert gets six. Garland gets two. Mobley gets two. Allen gets two. And Kevin Love gets two. Mm. Weirdly, Donovan Mitchell didn't take a free throw in this game, which is kind of weird. But they, they go and are getting in the paint. They're being aggressive. They're going after it over and over and over again. And this produced just better offense. This wasn't a game, again, where they, they played well offensively necessarily. Like, they had big moments. But this is a team that shot 42% from the field, under 30% from three. The free throws in that quarter, 14 of their 24 free throws come in that third quarter. That aggression gets them a seven-point lead going into the fourth. They ultimately have to go to overtime anyway, but that third quarter was so big for them, especially after that horrendous second quarter. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a momentum shifter. I think the Cavs, it, very similarly to the Boston game on Friday, I, I did note that like Boston scored 41 points, I believe, in the second quarter on Friday, so at least they didn't let Boston completely blow them out in the second quarter, but... The Cavs cannot afford to go shot for shot with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and obviously just everybody else on Boston's roster, whether it's they're just strong cast of guards, their big men's, their wings, just the Celtics are just equipped differently to be able to get into a shootout. And I just don't think the Cavs currently are equipped to be there just because of their kind of lack of bench production at times. But I agree. I think that they flipped a switch in the third quarter. They changed a lot of things defensively, defended the Celtics really well and use their physicality and strength to get them in the foul trouble early. And also, just, I don't know, the 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 ref, the officiating was a little odd tonight, too, so we won't touch on it too much because it's just not one of those shows. So, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, yeah, it's just good to see the Cavs kind of do something a little bit different and um, just respond and adapt. This is something maybe we wouldn't see uh, from them last year at times. Yes, all right. Last award will be quick on this one. Play of the night. Um, Evan, yours is Donovan Mitchell's defense on Tatum in the closing moments of overtime. In, in, mm-hmm. in, you note in our notes that this was the difference maker. I want to put a pin in that because I th- I, w- I want to spend like five minutes on on Mitchell doing that and his motor. So yeah. that's going to lead segment three. But I'm going to say mine very quickly is uh, Garland gets the Mitchell to lob off the Allen block in overtime. 
but also the Kevin Love dunk. Like those are like my code. The Kevin Love dunk is kind of lost hey, in the context of this game. It wasn't. It, was it was. It wasn't a dunk. It was a stuff. Yeah, it was a stuff. Um, but Kevin Love, like they ran, they ran this action a couple times where they tried to get him, like kind of like it looked like he was gonna pop, and then he like kind of does like a like a whatever a Kevin Love back cut looks like in twenty twenty two, like into the lane to like maybe get a quick pull up jumper there or like get to the rim, and one of them he like stuffed it and mm-hmm. i that was electric that was a the bench was going insane but also the garland to mitchell lob off of an out block in transition when the Cavs play faster they unlock so much and that was just yeah. like mitchell can be like a target for garland in those moments that's really fun yeah i absolutely agree and i think that's the interesting aspect of this Mitchell Garland backcourt is donovan mitchell just is a freak athletically and just seeing his like hops and verticality in general in person like you know he's a pretty efficient rim finisher and like has some hops in his own from his time with utah but like you saw what the weird rebound he had or like he just like jumped up and like wrapped his arm around it and then like did a bat around the back pass to jared allen that resulted in um a play that never was but yeah it's just stuff like that where like i think the Cavs could unlock a certain gear where like the mitchell garland thunder and lightning dynamic they could have really could do a lot of interesting things where they could just take the top off defenses from anywhere on the floor and it's neat to see that they also have like four possibly five willing passers in their starting lineup to kind of accentuate that too all right one more break come back we're gonna discuss first donovan mitchell's defense we're gonna talk about uh, a little bit about the ATO that that wasn't a particularly good ATO for the Cavs at the end of regulation, and we're going to talk about Evan Mobley because boy was he pretty excellent in overtime. We'll be right back. All right, last segment of Lockdown Cavs. Chris Manning, Evan Damrell here. All right, um, Evan, talk about that Mitchell defense on Tatum in overtime. So in the closing moments, I believe there's about a minute or minute 30 seconds left in overtime for both sides and you just saw donovan mitchell draw the assignment of jason tatum and you're usually in most scenarios you're like oh crap this isn't going to go well because historically speaking donovan mitchell just isn't a good defensive player but we have noted in at least the first couple games this season like at least the efforts there for mitchell he doesn't grade out as in like an elite defensive player at, at all but like you can see the effort for sure when he's playing like he really like played hard on Tatum, Tatum tried to post him up and bang down low and get him like an easy fadeaway jumper, and Mitchell just wouldn't give it to him. He wouldn't give him a lot of space and uh, forced the Celtics to scramble a little bit, and Tatum, I believe, kicked it out to Jalen Brown at that point, and you saw Jared Allen instead defending in space, and he did a good job closing out on Brown, and then they were able to get an easy offense or defensive rebound, and then they slowed things down, and then the Cavs kind of just ran through their offensive set, and that, that, that was probably the difference maker in overtime for me, other than the dunk, of course. Uh, I think that was just a huge... A very gutsy play to run <laughs> in an overtime scenario when a game is that close to begin with. But, like, seeing that kind of heart and tenacity is fun. And I asked J.V. Bickerstaff about this uh, the other against New York on Sunday. Like, hey, have you ever seen a player with a motor like Donovan Mitchell's? And he did mention, like, hey, I did coach James Harden. But, like, Mitchell's just is really yeah, dynamic. I, I, like, I, I, I cackled when he told me that. I People that listen to the pod because that, that's a hysterical comp. I, I, it wasn't a comp, but he's just saying, like, I have coached just, really good shooting guards before, like, that are just dynamic like that, but they're different in their own ways. But I followed up again with the bigger staff saying, like, Mitchell just, like, kept coming and coming and coming and, like, just would not relent on the Celtics in the fourth quarter or in overtime. And, like, 
that was the situation where, like, you noticed the Celtics were a little bit gassed down the stretch, and, like, Tatum kind of heaved up a shot at one point, too, or, like, it just wasn't a good shot in general. And I think just watching Mitchell play with that much intensity on almost every possession when the games matter, like, that's going to have a huge trickle-down effect on the Cavs, especially when things are tight like they were against the Celtics tonight. Yeah, he had some, like, slippage in this game where he got, like, there there were some moments where, like, you saw him, like, just kind of being a little lackadaisical golf ball. And then he's the motor and the energy and the focus like really showed up in those moments. And he's like getting attacked and he knows he's going to need stepped up. Like he has been just, I think a significantly better defensive player for the Cavs overall. Like there are still some lapses, but like he's mm-hmm. not making the, the, he's not doing what he did against Tatum for the Utah Jets. And like, that is a big reason why I think he's been so effective so far. Um, okay. A couple other small things we're going to hit. Cavs really took care of the ball in this game. 10% turnover rate. If you just prefer the rock counting stats, just they only turned the ball over 11 times. Uh, Danny Cunningham just tweeted this out. Shout out to you, Danny. 22 assists combined for Garland, Mitchell, and Lavert. Only two turnovers. Mm-hmm. That's pretty freaking really good, good from those three. You'd, you'd feel pretty good about that if you're the Cavs. Yeah, you'd feel really good about that, especially because Darius Garland did struggle with turnovers at times last season. And... I think that is the luxury of having three ball handlers that can initiate the offense is you eliminated a lot of the pressure Garland deals with and less turnovers, the better, obviously, just because the Cavs can kind of control the pace of the game on both ends of the floor with that aspect. Um, okay. Evan Mobley in overtime, you know, doesn't score. So like people are going to look at the box score, I think, and he plays all five minutes and be like, huh? But I thought he was everywhere defensively had a really nice contest and then a quick box out of Jason Tatum to prevent the offensive rebound when Tatum was really trying to make his presence felt and force it. He gets in foul trouble early in this game, Evan, and he, you Evan, not Evan Mobley, and he comes out of the third quarter. I'm in a perpetual state of foul trouble. Let's be honest. That's true. Yeah. Is part of the third quarter group that performed really has seven points and two rebounds in that quarter is really effective defensively. Like he, he, I was watching him contest like corner threes in this game and he's putting mm-hmm. both of his really long arms up and I'm just like, that seems really annoying to try to shoot over. That seems yeah. like ridiculous. He yeah. is just like an absolute like menace defensively. And if you go back and watch overtime and I, I'm going to go back and watch the tape on this just to kind of watch it from a different, from that angle versus where we, we see it at the arena from, from press row. I, I found him to just be like an absolutely sensational defensive player in overtime. Yeah, and I'm still kind of working through this for right down to Euclid a little bit. It's just the fact that Mobley is so comfortable defending in space. Like, he's an elite isolation defender, and like you saw more of it tonight against the Celtics, and just like him being comfortable defending in space is going to unlock a lot of things for the Cavs defensively. And maybe you see some more of it from Allen, but I'm expecting more of it from Mobley in Season 2. And again, it just... Tapping into the raw potential that he has is kind of scary to think about what he can be when he hits his apex, but like he's doing a lot of interesting stuff. And again, like you said, it's got to be really frustrating if you're an opponent and you have just this seven foot alien Goliath just put both of his arms up. Cause like, how do you shoot over that? Like, you probably can't even see the basket when Mobley puts both of his arms up. And especially in a high pressure situation, that's got to be <laughs> like I, my condolences, you know, at the end of the day. Yes. Uh, Two last things. Number one, the ATO that, that wasn't really an ATO. The Cavs ran after the, the Celtics ran a beautiful play to get Tatum a dunk. 
uh, I, I, you got to be better at the end of games those type moments to try to generate like just a better look for 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 Garland and Mitchell. Like one of them, just it can't just be like get them the ball and let them create. Like you need to be, I think, do a little more than that to make it easier on them, particularly against a really good defensive team that's going to be pressing you at that moment. I, Evan, if this these two teams do end up playing in meaningful games in in April or May, here's here's like the first thing I'll be watching coming out of this game. Cavs outscored the Celtics fifty six to forty two. In the paint. Let's like if if I'm gonna I'm pulling up this from from the first game to see how that looked as well. Um, in the first game of when they played in Boston last week, the Cavs uh were outscored fifty four to forty eight. But if they found something here with Garland on the floor to get inside the paint, get Allen kind of getting some easier looks, getting Mobley some really easy dunks. Like, I mean, Mobley was, was seven to 12 from this game. Um, excuse me, was just really efficient inside in this game. I, I thought, I, I think seeing how that would look with Robert Williams, time Lord back and like how that might swing a series in some way would be sort of interesting to me. Um, just kind of evaluating that in that context. Like I, yeah. you know, Mobley seven of eight in this game, really just getting some clean dunks of garland unlock some of that that that's like the one thing i'll be watching of a Cavs against other uh, teams that have very good defenses and two how this might look if these teams do end up playing in the playoffs and the Cavs really made that concerted effort in the third quarter and i think the lack of time lord is definitely apparent and the Celtics kind of made a counteraction where they didn't really play a traditional center like i guess i know how horford is a four or five at the end of the day but like Orford did a, does a lot of different things defensively for the Celtics, but like the lack of time, Lord, and like playing Robert Williams or sorry, sorry, Grant Williams at the five, um, or just like trying to do different things and different looks to kind of like space out the Cavs a little bit, forced them to go smaller. They made Jared Allen look uncomfortable at times, and like he was getting whacked down low, and like the refs weren't calling it. But also at the same time, that the Cavs or the Celtics at least. We're not going to let the Cavs kind of ex- just establish dominance on the interior, then let that trickle out to the exterior because. You saw what happened when the Knicks did that because they're just the Celtics are a different defensive beast than New York is at the end of the day. But this was a good win for the Cavs. I think, again, this is an interesting development just to see how's it look with Time Lord out there. Uh, what different looks will the Celtics throw at the Cavs just to kind of make them either uncomfortable? And then also, like, like you said, the Cavs made a concerted effort to really just attack on the interior whether it was donovan mitchell darius garland evan mobley jared allen you name it like dean wade too dean wade caused a lot of issues for the celtics in the second quarter at least just in terms of just drawing fouls and stuff and just doing a lot of different things but it's an interesting tactical matchup because these stylistically these teams are very different but they do have a lot of similarities where like they clash with one another and you have to see who is willing to give first the you know seed defeat at the end of the day um evan as we're finishing this up Cavs summer mm-hmm. league legend Matt Ryan, I, I believe, just had a game tying three for the Lakers. Wait so no, Matt Ryan, things I'm are glad. I'm sorry things didn't work out with the Colts. Uh, Sam Ellinger will probably be okay, um, but I'm glad you're able to do freelance and now enjoy your true passion, which is Lakers basketball. Yeah. Um. What a what this this tells you, listeners, how dedicated we are to doing this. That it's we're I you know I have like a job that gives me health insurance um we're we're it's doing one, the thing it's one o'clock in the morning folks and we're doing we're, i drank a red bull for this uh, i'm amped yeah please subscribe to our tiktok where i posted that video and i actually someone texted me and said they knew where i was at the game because of that tiktok evan just so you know oh boy we're tiktok famous we're like we're like the new hercules movie
Okay. On that note, again, Cavs beat whoa, Cavs beat the Boston Celtics in overtime, two and zero against Boston. Darius Garland returns, posts a stat line of 29-12-5 on nine of twenty shooting, five of eleven from three, six of seven from the free throw line. Good to have Darius back. Cavs kick off a fi- a mega West Coast road trip that starts Friday. That starts in the Midwest in Detroit. Then they go Lakers, Clippers. Kings and Warriors next week. It'll be a ton of fun. We'll be covering it all here as best we can, but we'll get you ready for that. Roach, preview what we're looking for and that come Friday. And thanks again for making us your first listen every day. This episode was produced by Jake Stevens. For your next next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest story of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your pockets. I'm Chris. That's Evan. Everyone, be well. Talk to you tomorrow.